This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm called to be a leader. I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hi, welcome everybody, Championship Leadership Podcast, and today we got Jeff J. Hunter, the savage marketer, and uh, just excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for being here. My honor. Yeah, man. So uh, we've had a little time to visit before hitting record here and and putting on the green light as far as the episode goes, but I, I always love to ask this question. The name of my podcast is Championship Leadership, and so I always like to get like what do you think of when you think of championship leadership? Like, what does that mean to you when you think about that? Well, if you break it down into two things, you've got leadership, which I think all entrepreneurs are really leaders. Not everybody's a leader, but definitely most entrepreneurs are leaders. And of course, championship, meaning that you're top of class. So I think of how can you truly be, you know, best in class in your industry? And that's, that's what I think of. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I just, I just love hearing, you know, this is like the 51st episode and I've gotten 51 different uh, definitions. So it's just awesome to always hear what people have to say and what it means to them. Um, why don't you share with the audience here, like your story, because you had an incredible story where you come like the savage marketer, the branding expert. You actually just said an article in Forbes come out today, uh, seven tips of hiring as an entrepreneur. Uh, I know you got an incredible process uh, for hiring uh, and outsourcing help and uh so we'd just love to hear kind of how you got to where you are today um because it's a great story so wow well i've always been in it i've always been a little geeky i've always loved playing video games and things when i was a young kid um and to be honest i always considered myself more of a it guy so mm-hmm. for me to be in the branding space is a little bit interesting And the journey happened when I was working as a project manager at a Fortune 500 company. I had actually been promoted. I was one of the most senior project managers at the company. And uh, I had just got a promotion and a a raise. And and 
I just, I felt like there was a lot lacking in my life. And I got really good at building virtual teams. As a project manager in the new world, you know, virtual teams, there's hardly anything that you can't do today virtually. Yeah. So I got really good at that. And um, I started building my own team on the side just to do like web projects. And I always loved marketing, but I never really went all in on it. Yeah. But I, I was doing like web projects, little social media stuff and, um, you know, really didn't understand the value of what I was doing. I think I was probably just going online, just trying to get my feet wet. Right. Um, and then I really landed on social media. I loved social media. It was so fun for me. And I started doing some stuff on social media and I got featured in like an Inc. magazine article or something about how to outsource um, social media and things and it actually caught the wrong attention at my fortune 500 company <laughs> and yeah I got written up for being distracted oh wow <clears throat> yeah the infamous pip the performance improvement plan I got one of those <laughs> yep so uh, yeah anyone from the corporate world knows what a pip is <laughs> yeah, right so uh, and anyway I just was like you know what is this really what I want to do and at the time my business my virtual kind of side hustle wasn't really making me money, but I knew that I could figure out a way to do it. And trust me as a 30 young, 30 something year old guy moving in with his grandparents, because I didn't even have a, a clue what I was doing and I wasn't profitable. I just quit my six figure day job said, I'm tired of being treated like this. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to start this virtual assistant business, which is what I started. It's called VA Staffer. And that was my first like leap, I guess. And ironically, I, I sent in my resignation letter on February 29th of 2016, which means this is the first anniversary year, even though it's been four years. Yeah. <laughs> this is really the anniversary next wow. year coming up. Um, but what's the interesting journey from that is that within three years of doing that, I, I garnered the, the reputation of the, the king of outsourcing. Um, and I thought that's what my calling was. I thought that since I was in IT and I was in project management and I was good at building virtual teams, like that was my destiny. Mm -hmm. um, but what I started realizing, podcast interview after podcast interview, and then in my very first speaking engagement in 2016, that actually I was good at building my own brand and it took someone else to tell me that they said, yeah, right. Built, someone else told me and said, you built this incredible brand as the, the king of outsourcing. And I was like, I didn't think of it back then, but, but then I started realizing, okay, what was I doing for other people? I was doing social media. I was doing marketing for them. I was building funnels and websites. I was helping manage their existence online, their, their, their presence. And I said, Oh my gosh. And there was a light bulb that went off. And basically I started treating myself as a client, started building my own brand, started posting my own content, having my team create content for me. And just like I shared with you before we started, I'm finally launching my own podcast. The Savage yeah, no doubt. Right? <laughs> I mean, I've been helping clients launch podcasts and books and all this stuff for years, but I never yeah. did that for myself. Yeah. So in a way, the journey, it's kind of a circle. Yeah. I unintentionally built a brand, and now I'm intentionally building a brand. And now that I figured it out, I help other people build intentional brands, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And that's an incredible journey to be on. And, you know, I mean, 
kind of the way it goes, right? You uh, sometimes we just kind of fall into something. We're, we're doing one thing that we think is the path, and then and then we realize that hey, wait a second, like actually, I'm really good at this over here, and uh, and and so that's that's what's great as long as you're open to it, right? And I think as a championship leader, like th- those are great signs, great qualities of characteristics of championship leaders is and I, willing I to kind of that- just recognize those, and, and and then the big piece is once you recognize it, to actually willing to act on it and, and execute. Absolutely, and you know, since we're thinking about championship, you know. It's hard to think about championship and not think about sports. Yeah. And uh, I think a great analogy actually of my own life and my own journey was that I was really good at what I did. I was mm-hmm. really good at being a project manager. I was really good at building virtual teams. You know, even today, like, like today, the, the thing I was featured on Forbes about was about hiring tips. I'm really good at hiring people. Yeah. And, you know, I've hired a lot of people, hundreds of people. And I've hired hundreds of people for other people, right? Uh, as the king of outsourcing. So what's really interesting here is that, you know, I used to think I was, that was my passion and my drive and, and my love. But think of it back to a kid, sports. Like my seven-year-old, I have a seven-year-old son. His name's Jesse. Yeah. And he's been in soccer now for two years. And he hated soccer. He didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't know anything about it. Yeah. He was the kid dancing out on the field instead of actually scoring the goals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, two years later, you know, he feels better. He's grown a lot. He's the tallest kid in his class. Um, he's starting to shoot, and he's starting to score. He's starting to get more goals per game. Well, now, soccer's become fun to him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he was not good at school yesterday, and we didn't let him go to soccer, and he was uh-huh. so disappointed. The oh, opposite. Man. Oh, Yeah. The opposite of when we used to drag him to soccer. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Now soccer practice is something that is a leverage tool for us as parents for his bad days. So uh, I kind of relate that to myself. You know, when when I first started out in my business in IT, I I didn't really – it was reluctant – and uh, I got, I started doing a little bit better. And when I started really honing in on my project management skills, I started getting really good results and people started loving those results. I started falling in love with the reactions of people and the success that I was getting for other people, but it wasn't really my passion. It's still something I'm really good at. And I'm mm-hmm. super grateful that I know how to do project management because in the entrepreneurial world, it's slim to none. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, championship leaders, if you guys, you guys know how hard it is to manage a project and how yeah, valuable absolutely. that's, how valuable having that skill is. So I think that's one of the way out, ways I was able to advance myself is because, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, like most people in life. And I got really good at something. And when I got really good at something and I saw other people loving what I'm doing, I thought that that was my passion. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't until I really took a hard look at myself and said, "Is that really what burns my my soul? Is that the fire that's lit inside me? Is that something that I really want to do every day for the rest of my life?" And I have to tell you, I used to tell myself yes. Yeah. But man, working with amazing people like I do right now, helping them build their brands. I'm actually having fun building my own brand and treating myself like a client. Um, it's opened my whole, it's just opened my eyes to a whole different perspective 
on the value of a brand. And that's what I've dedicated my life to doing. Yeah. So, well, yeah, let's talk about that. Like how, do, you know, you, you built a brand for yourself, right. And kind of unintentionally, you didn't realize that, hang on a second. Like it, it kind of took other people to come in and be like, Hey, like you, you are pretty good at this to get you to then go and, and to help others elevate their brand. Like what, what is the importance of, of an individual brand for people? That's definitely a popular topic. People are focused on building their brand. Right. And uh, yeah, just talk to us a little bit about the importance of that. I know you mentioned, you know, uh, it's not only just the brand, it's what's your audience, where's your audience hanging out? Because yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, I get caught in that trap too. You just feel like you got to put your brand every, any message everywhere and just hope that it lands somewhere for someone. And, and that's, that's kind of like the shotgun effect, right? Which probably isn't the uh, most effective or efficient um, plan to go with. And I, th I think that a lot of that is driven because of there's certain marketers that are always telling about how they need to be everywhere all the time. Not really. To be honest, I think that if you just really hone in on like one or two platforms mm -hmm. and just really start building your audiences there, it, all you need is like 1,000 like really strong fans, like really yeah. strong fans, fans that will comment on all your stuff, like all your stuff. And, and you do that by really investing in them and showing the value for them. And that all starts with like what you said, knowing your audience. So for me, my audience is similar to yours. Most of my audience are people that are business owner, owners, founders, CEOs, you know, entrepreneurs, people that are really like forgers. Obviously the Savage Marketer brand yeah. is really about savage marketing. And, and most entrepreneurs that I know, they have a little savage inside of them, right? Yeah, like, definitely. We have to put up with some, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? We have to put up with some, with some real crap in our lives. And, you know, uh, and, and it's, it, it's stuff that most people in life will never understand. Like, you know, having to swipe your credit card to do payroll one time because you're waiting on an invoice that didn't come in. Right. Mm -hmm. I've done it. Hell yeah, yeah. I've done it. A lot of people have, and I can tell you that most people that are building a business, man, they are savage. So for me, like that's my, my demographic is people who are really, you know, forging the way, right. And they're, they want to be industry leaders. And I, I'm really looking for, for me personally, I like to work with people that want to be the influencers in their space. So to go back to your question about where you need to be, the right question is where your audience is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I really focus a lot on three main platforms, Facebook. I love Facebook. I think Facebook right now, the, the audience is there. And I think the age level is right. I think, you know, the 30 to 40, 50 range, like yep. that's where, that's where, where I live. Yep. Um, it's great. Instagram is a, is a little bit of a younger crowd. It's, uh, it's very useful, especially for more like product-based things, e-com stores, things that are very product focused. Um, and it's also strong for influencer brands. And to be honest, if you're not on Instagram, like you don't exist right now. Like, yeah. so, so Instagram is kind of like, for me, it's more of a vanity metric. Uh, it just makes me look cool. You know, I've got yeah. my 11,000 something, you know, almost 12,000 followers. But for me, my gold, my money maker is Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I love. And I think right now it's such an under underutilized platform because yeah. uh, the reach on it, the organic reach, like you being able to post something and it being seen by tons of people, 
huge. It's like yeah. what Facebook was four years ago, you know, okay. and it's just incredible. So like I'm getting tons of content. Matter of fact, just yesterday, my, I, I wrote a Facebook post about Randy Zuckerberg. Her and I were hanging out over the weekend and we were talking about, ironically, teams. And we were talking about how important it is as an entrepreneur, as a leader in a business to have like those five core people on your team that are just willing to do whatever it takes. They're yeah. willing to come in on the weekends if there's a project that's not doing right. They're willing to do the long hour, a 20 hour day if something's not doing right. Like you're not going to be able to build. A, a business the way it, and have really strategic growth. If you, if all you have are employees that clock out at five o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Um, so her and I were talking about that and I kind of wrote a post about it and that post was featured on LinkedIn yesterday as the number one top post for the teamwork hashtag, which is 56,000 posts or 56,000, wow. 56,000 followers. So 56,000 people, because I'm number one, got to see that featured post. Um, I mean, where can you get that type of reach? Facebook doesn't use the hashtags anymore. Instagram is, I mean, I don't know. The Instagram hashtags, everybody's using them, and there's all sorts of bots. Like LinkedIn right now just has massive organic reach. Facebook, I would say, has about half the organic reach of LinkedIn, but still super valuable. So it's really important to understand your audience where they are and the type of content that really resonates with them so that you can be top of mind of them all the time. And what, uh, where does YouTube fall in on, in that, uh, chain? So you, that's funny that you say that because I am slacking on YouTube and I just, I, I just had an incredible experience actually just this weekend. I interviewed one of the top matter of fact, his book is still the number one YouTube book in existence called YouTube secrets. Um, really? his name is Sean Cannell. I don't know if you know who Sean Cannell is. I've heard is. of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's a, he was actually episode number 11 I interviewed over the weekend for Sabbath. Oh, no way. Awesome. Um, and, I, and I just was like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid for not having YouTube game right now. Yeah. Like, so I'm actually excited because you're already ahead of the curve. I am so behind the curve, so all my episodes, I'm, I'm going to make sure um, that I do that. And he gave me some really cool advice, too. He talked about how not only should I do my episodes on YouTube, but I should also do little savage marketing tips and things like that, like little yeah. tiny mini episodes, you know, that are like five to eight minutes long that just break down a certain tip here and there. So you could probably use that too. But, yeah, no doubt. Um, definitely need to get my YouTube game on. It's still the number two search engine in, yeah. on the planet. And right. I'm still not using it, so I will bow down to you yeah. and say, "Well, I a lot of you got a lot of us. I mean, I just in the last few months have really started to focus on it, and uh, but yeah, I mean, but yes, I have been I have been putting my episodes up on YouTube since I started about a year and a half ago, and I I, I tell people I'm like, yeah, most not too many people are are watching these episodes right now, but someday they will. So. That's yeah. exactly what all the top YouTubers say. They always said that no one watched their videos when they first came out. And then over time, they build up, they get their yeah. following, they get their following. And yeah. like I said before, you know, like the resonating thing I've heard over and over is that you just need those first thousand people. The yeah. first thousand people that just always log into your stuff, that are always watching your videos, that always comment on your stuff, that share your stuff. Like it's so important to develop that that fan base. And, you know, it's incredible because – 
the podcasting thing is new to me. I've been doing it with my clients and stuff for a long time, but I haven't done it for myself. But one of the things that, that Sean said that really stuck out to me was that you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. <laughs> be great. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, that's so true in everything in life, right? Right. Definitely. So what, um, well, talk to me. Yeah, what, who are some of the championship level leaders that, that have impacted you, that have helped you to get to where you are, to, you know, this expert in what you do is branding savage. Like I love the, the word savage is so strong and powerful, by the way. It's just like, that's epic. So I love that. But yeah, who are some people that have impacted you either directly or indirectly uh, to get you where you're at? You know, I have to say, I'd have to say some of my clients who have really pushed me and, um, you know, shout out to actually Doug Harrison, who is my mentor, who helped me in my branding journey as well. Um, Doug Harrison, he's worked with the biggest brands, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, Amazon, Disney, you name it. He's worked on them. Um, wow. matter, matter of fact, if you've ever seen a Coca-Cola commercial with a polar bear and a penguin, you can blame Doug that. That, that was the happiness campaign that, that Doug worked on. Um, but he's, wow. he, he's the one who told me, he said, Jeff, you need to go all in on this. And, you know, like I, I was doing so many different things. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just so nice to have clarity and not just clarity, but validation, you know, like to hear someone like Doug listen to what I'm doing and, and give me advice and also see the, the different methods that I'm using for my clients and, and telling me that not only was it great, but he wants to do it. He wants to come on board and have us do it for him. It was just like, wow, you know, like, you know, and I think this is what's cool. And you and I talked about this before the show, but it's actually not really hard right now to be the top dog in your industry. It's not because really? that's right because social media is still so underdeveloped for most of these influencers as we yeah. say, and, yeah. and in most, and most every industry. And you know, the people that are putting out the huge content all the time, Gary Vaynerchuk, Grant Cardone, right? Yeah. Look at, you know, just think of the biggest names out there. Like yeah. who else is, who else is that big? Maybe like, uh, Jay Shetty who yeah. I just hung out with Alex Kushner, who is Jay Shetty's business partner just last week. We're going to do some collabs on stuff. It's, it's like the market is so small right now because no one's doing the content and no one's got the, the commitment and dedication to truly mm -hmm. put out the level of content that is, is the, the, the threshold is low. Like yeah. to influence your space right now, the threshold's low. When everybody starts catching on and everybody, everybody's got a podcast and everybody's putting out video and everyone's doing this stuff, then it's going to be hard. Right now, no one's doing that, right? So Yeah, it's interesting to hear you say that because uh, when you're in that space, you kind of feel like everyone is doing it. But I think sometimes you just – that's because that's all you see in your feed is other people are kind of in that similar space. But And then you kind of – Oh, oh. Hold on. That's interesting. You said that because you said something very important because yeah. every time you go in your feed, you're seeing people do that because yeah. guess what? That's the stuff that shows up in your feed. Right. So yeah. what is stopping you? What is stopping all of us from being that, from putting that content out that's showing up in everyone's feed, right? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why they're, they're seeing such massive growth and that's because they are putting out the content that it takes. 
just like what I was saying earlier, like if you put out video content, you take this podcast episode right now yep. and you top it up into a value bomb like this little 60 second value bomb right now. Yeah. And you take that, you put a big bold headline and saying, this is why I show up in the top of your feed. Like that's the headline. Yeah, yeah. And it's me telling you or us having conversations saying the no one's doing the work that no one's putting out content that needs to and how easy it is to dominate industry and whatever we say. And then you put that video frame really attractive with a progress bar going across with some captions down below and just nice and clean and easy. And people love that. People yeah. love the ability to just look at something and consume something. Your job as a creator is to make content very easy to consume so that people want to consume more of it. That's it. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, I love it. It's huge. And cause you know, it does feel that way sometimes like the, the market is saturated, but it's, it's, it's just a good reminder that, you know, it's not. And, not. and yeah. you know, some might be around for a little bit, but then, you know, the consistency is like, that's what really wins too. Right. Like just the long haul. So, uh, depending on when this episode airs, um, it's probably going to be in the past, but I'm speaking next week at the global marketing day, um, here in San Francisco. Uh -huh. And, uh, I have to admit it's interesting how the opportunity came up and I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite friends, clients, mentees, mentors. Her name is I, and, uh, she recommended me to be a speaker on this panel. And it's funny because they always check out who you are before they yeah. invite. And at every event that I've ever been to or every event that's ever in existence, there's usually some sort of an application process or a vetting process or whatever. And what was really incredible about this, the validation of my own personal brand was that I introduced them to me and they, she gave them links to my Facebook and my, and my website. And I didn't have any of that. They just said, Oh, wow. Honored. We love your content. Here's all the speakers that day. You pick which one you want to hang out with and, and do your panel on. <laughs> pick, no two. <laughs> pick two. I'm not speaking once. I'm speaking twice. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And, and it was complete validation at that moment that everything that I'm doing, because trust me, guys, sometimes you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, I don't want to do this today. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to be honest. I thought I remember seeing this podcast pop up my calendar. I'm like, damn, another podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah. And sometimes it can be like that for you, Nate, yeah. I'm sure for you. It especially is. Yeah, sometimes it's the same way. I'm like, oh, man, but it's always once I get into it, it's, it's great. But yeah, absolutely. I can definitely resonate with that. And, and it's so painful sometimes for people to create content and, and, and be creative. And it's always ironic because that's the stuff that really draws people in. You know, a lot of people think the top of your funnel is your lead magnet or whatever else. Like, no, <laughs> the top of your funnel is your content, your content, your content is your brand awareness. Your brand awareness brings people, brings people into seeing, Hey, how do I learn more about Nate? How do I learn more about the championship leaders? You know, how do I learn more about the savage marketer or whatever? And it, yeah. it, your job is to pique people's curiosity to show them that you've got something figured out and that you can actually show them how to do it too. And that's really what you need to do in all this type of content. 
Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. What's, um, tell me about a time in your life where, you know, there was this, what I'll call a significant turning point or like a, just a critical moment in your life where you could have very easily had made the decision that everybody else probably thought was the best decision for you, maybe to play it safe or to go the, the, the path that with the least resistance. Right. And um, had you done that, you wouldn't be sitting here on this, on this podcast today. Savage marketer may very well not be around. Like you, your life could look very different. Had you not chosen, you know, again, championship leaders are always looking to make the, uh, not necessarily the popular decisions, but the ones that they really believe in. Um, the, the, savage, the savage decisions. Sa- the savage decisions. <laughs> so yeah, like, is there a moment that's present for you that, you know, had you not made that decision, you could be doing something completely different. Your life could be completely different. I was hoping that you wouldn't say this. Um, <laughs> that's a question that I definitely hope you didn't ask. Yeah. Um, because I kind of skipped over it a little bit when I was telling you about my young thirties with a three-year-old kid moving in with my parents, um, after leaving a, a six figure job with a company car, company phone, company computer, yeah. gas card, they let me spend $75 a day on food. Okay. Wow. That's how I got fat. <laughs> um, and and not to mention a 401k, a one point, 150% 401k match, which means wow. for every dollar I put in, they put a dollar fifty. Um, I mean, it was literally like the best job you can imagine. I had a brand new company car every year and a half. They gave me a new lease. Um, it was, it was really incredible. I mean, like you said earlier, that was safe. That was yeah. a really incredible job. And even when they wrote me up, they had no intentions of firing me because it's so expensive to replace me. I was the senior project manager. And I was, as a matter of fact, when they wrote me up, I was still training four other project managers. Wow. Um, I was mentoring them. So yeah. it was, it was mind blowing. But, you know, to be honest with you, I remember the day, you know, it, it wasn't just like a light bulb moment where I was like, Hey, I just want to quit today and, and right. start my own business it was a sequence of events. The first event was in 2012 when I accepted the position. And when I accepted the position, they told me that because I was moving from here near the Bay area, California, and the, the, I had two options to take this job. I had to either move to Seattle or I had to move to Portland. Um, it was a regional project management job. And I was mm-hmm. basically responsible for all projects in Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Montana, Idaho, Northern California. I did some, I did some random projects in like Florida and Boston and stuff like that. And I became what they call a first of kind FOK project manager. So I was doing all the risky stuff, you know, and I was working in hospitals, by the way, I was doing all the IT patient care infrastructure for hospitals for Philips electronics. Okay. And so it wasn't like a job where like things can just go wrong and you're like, Oh, that's okay. I'm not installing toilets. Like this is like patients are connected to these devices. Yeah. Um, It was very stressful at any given time. I was doing 50 to 70 projects at the same time. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and we usually had about a 60 to 90 day turnaround time on projects. Some projects were like year long projects, but most of them were like 60, 90 day projects. Um, so they were very stressful. Um, and they told me that after two years, I'd be able to move back. Well, 
two years came and gone and I was denied my request to come back. And three years never ends up being what they tell you. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And the third year, the third year was when I was like, okay, this is crazy. Cause at the end of the third year, my grandfather was dying. He was literally on his deathbed. He had contracted uh, hay fever Mm. and it was not good. He had lost over a hundred pounds and he was 94 years old, by the way. Um, so I knew that, that, you know, the writing was on the wall and my wife and I, who we have been trying to conceive a child for the longest time, um, our second child, we just had miscarriage after miscarriage. And one of the miscarriages, and my wife's probably going to kill me for telling the story. I've never told the story before, but, um, it was January of 2016 and I had a project that I had to do in Alaska. And after we had lost that, that baby, um, they had to, you know, remove it. And I couldn't be there for her. I couldn't be there for her. I I tried to get someone to come in my spot and they had no one. No one wanted to step up. Nobody would help me. The, they wouldn't help me delay the project. They just, they told me I had to be there. Wow. And I missed a really important time with my wife. And her mom had to take off time from work. And there was already a strained relationship there. And it was just, it was really frustrating to me. And that's when I realized, I said, they really don't care about me. Yeah, they really right. just didn't care. And then they wrote me up. They wrote me yeah, up. Yeah, and then they wrote you up. Right? Yeah. So I, I got written up. I, I lost the baby. Uh, you know, wow. it, it just my grandpa was dying, and and they just didn't care about me. And then the hook, line, and sinker was I got a promotion. Okay, listen to this. Yeah. I went from a. I went now. I became a project manager three. They put a three at the end of my name. Oh, a three. Yeah. With a three, now you know oh. you're important. Yeah, right. You get and the three, you're good to go. That's right. And here's the crazy <laughs> part. They gave me a 25% raise. Mm. And But here's the thing. They put me on a salary schedule, which I was like, okay, that's cool. But they ended, they ended up wanting me to still work overtime and not get paid for it. <laughs> and, and then when I got my first paycheck and I found out that it was actually less money, Oh, wow. Because I was on average working about 22 to 27% of overtime, which is paid at time and a half. Yeah. So that was when I realized, I said, wow, they actually didn't care about me. They didn't care about the raise. They didn't care about the title. They cared about putting me on the salary scale. So I get paid less. Yeah. But, and then the hook, line and sinker was, I went to my boss at the time and I said, okay, great. And, uh, well, now he doesn't work there anymore. So I can say his name was Dan uh, and another one named Jim. And I said, well, guys, I guess finally I'll have work-life balance because I'll be able to work from nine to five. Yeah. And, and they looked at me and they said, Jeff, you know better. This isn't yeah. a nine to five job. And that was when it all came in. And I, I spoke to my wife really hard about it. We prayed about it. We thought really hard. We, you know, spoke to my parents, her parents, and just thought really hard. I remember crying. I remember crying at three o'clock in the morning on February 29th of 2016, hovering my finger over that send button to send that resignation letter. 
thinking, oh, is this how it ends? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And looking back on it now, it was the most horrible, horrific, stressful, probably the most depressing moment of my life. But at the same time, it was also the most, most rewarding, refreshing, yeah. right. liberating, empowering. Yep. This was a moment in my life that I finally said enough is enough. And I'm going to, I'm going to start paving my own way. Yeah. And it has been a hell of a journey since then. You know, I've, I've, I went up to the million dollar mark. I went down, I went back up and you know, it's like, it, it's, it's like this here and there. And it's yep. been really fun. I've, I've hired and I've gone through hundreds of people on my team right now. As I stand, I have 51 people uh, wow. on my team and it's just been a really fun adventure and now I get to work with some of the greatest people on the planet. You know, I'm so honored to work with some of the biggest names in the industries like uh, Ryan Levesque. The Ask Method is one of my clients. I've had the honor of working with mm. some of the top people in network marketing like Alex Morton. And, um, you know, I, I, I just it, it's just been so fun to, 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 to do. And, and I really, really enjoy working with people that are obsessed about their niche like their industry like that's the thing that i doesn't matter what industry or niche you're in like for me i just want right. to know that like you want to own that niche yeah like a great example of that is tanner larson you guys should check him out tanner larson yeah. he owns a company called build grow scale he okay. runs the biggest e-com uh conference in uh i said north america and he corrected me and said universe <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> but people that are super passionate about what they do and the industry and the people that they serve. Like I just, I look at what I was doing before as a project manager and I was fulfilling everyone else's dreams. Yeah. I wasn't able to work on my dreams and now it's the best of both worlds. My dream working with other people that I could only dream to meet. Right. <laughs> right. And, and helping them. And, and what's cool about it is me helping them helps me. Because now I get to say I've done all these cool no work for these people, and it just it, it's just so fun. Yeah. So, back That's to what you said to finalize that. Yeah. If any of you guys ever feel like you're on that edge, and you're like, "Man, is my life really? Is this really what I want to do with my life?" And you just don't feel that burning passion every day when you wake up. You're not going to serve yourself and you're definitely not going to serve others when you don't have that burning fire of passion and flame and what you do every day. Yeah. 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 I've been there. I've been there. And I think we've all been there and some, uh, you know, more than not are not willing to make that decision. But, uh, so that's a great, it's just a great testimony of, uh, from someone that has done it for those that are, you know, in that, in that spot to take that leap. So, um, and, so, so, and it's going to take sacrifice. I mean, I, I remember, um, yeah, I remember how hard that was to call up my parents and negotiate getting out of my lease early because yeah. I lived in Portland and literally having nowhere to go driving yeah. as a 30 something year old man with a three year old kid and a wife to move <laughs> back in with my parents. Right. Yeah. Th that was the most humbling experience I've ever had as an believe adult. It. Yeah. Believe um, it. <laughs> But it's worth it and look at, you know, I mean, because of that, what, what you're doing today and where you're at and who you work with, like you said. So, 
What's um? Let's let's wrap this up. And what are what are one or two things that you can leave with the listeners to really help them to continue to move forward? That you know, some things that they could really take. And let's, let's get onto the greedy stuff. Let's get yeah. onto the greedy stuff. They want to see. Okay, Jeff's the brand guy. What can I do for my brand? I'm going to do three things for you. Here's the three things that you should do to help develop out your brand. Number one is have a really strong content strategy. You, we already talked about how important it is to know your audience. Yep. Think about how you can add value to your audience. So if I'm sitting here telling you that I can help you build your brand, then I should be able to share with you some ways to help build your brand. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that, guys, is just by recording a video just like this. You just whip out your phone. I mean, today, the phones are so good, you don't even need a camera anymore. You yeah, literally. Right. Yeah, for real. Like I I have a, I have a Google pixel phone and everyone, every time I take a picture or selfie somewhere, someone goes, Oh my God, what kind of camera (laughs) is that? I'm like, pixel, Google pixel. (laughs) You have an iPhone or a Google pixel. You are literally better off than 99.9% of the world. And you whip out your phone or you stick it on top of something like this is right now. (laughs) And you just give some valuable tips. Like, here you go. I'm shooting a tip right now. All you have to do is this, 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 this. And then that's that. You can post that online. You can even uh, have, ca- I would recommend, by the way, using captions. You know, there's, there's ways to do that. Um, and then, by the way, uh, you take that content, have it transcribed, and turn it into a post. Now you've got a post. You've got a yeah. video, right? Yeah. And guys, invest in getting some nice pictures of yourself. That's yeah. tip number Okay. Tip number two is if you want people to take your brand seriously, then you need to take your brand seriously. Yep. Right. So your personal brand is really important because no matter what job you get, no matter what business you own, think about Elon Musk. Elon Musk could, could close up Tesla motors right now and start a brand new electric only motorcycle place. And I bet you everyone would be in line putting down their thousand dollar deposit for a motorcycle guaranteed. Right. Yep. Just because he's Elon Musk, yeah. right? And look at Trump. Love him or hate him. The guy's selling 15 straws. 15 straws. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but literally, he, or is it $15 or 15 straws? But, he, but you know the whole like straws are banned thing out here in California, straws are banned? Yeah, right. Um, and, and he literally just on his website has these little red straws that say Trump on them. And he's selling them for like, I think it's $15 for a pack of 10 straws. That is savage. <laughs> I think that's like over a dollar a straw. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, he, and they're killing it. They made something yeah. like $500,000 or whatever from these stupid straws. <laughs> and it's all because of his brand. And, uh, and think about Richard Branson with Virgin and the things that he's built. Like, yeah. like you have to put, you have to treat yourself as a client. So number one is get clear on your content. Write down some tips that could be very valuable to your audience. Don't worry about if, you know, a lot of people say, oh, why would they even need to hire me if I give them the tips? Trust me, people don't want to do squat. You give them the tips, they're going to pay you to do it for them, okay? Number two, like I said, take your brand seriously. You know, take some pictures, take some video, start really thinking about the, the content that you put out there. The third is really making sure that you have a very strong brand promise. Your brand promise is so important and people should be able to say, I know exactly what Nate does. I know mm-hmm. exactly what Jeff does. So if you can't, if somebody asks you what you do and you're sitting there going, uh, 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 <laughs> which is like 90% of people, right? Right. 
like you need to get that refined and it's very simple you can use a three-step formula it's what you do who you do it for and what results that they get so for me I build personal brands for founders and CEOs who are ready to leverage their achievements in business to become influencers in their space boom right Ooh. I got that down I could say that like a million times in a row and it yeah. might be a little bit different every time but that's the gist of it right yeah. so have a, a clear brand promise. Make sure that you take your brand seriously. Make sure your website's up to date. Make sure your social profiles represent who you are and what you want people to think about you, okay? Remember, everything you post online is either building your brand or it's destroying your brand. And you yeah. have that opportunity to do so. Yeah. Those are some powerful uh, tips that, that no doubt uh, will be super helpful for the listeners. So thank you for that. What are some ways that, uh, that we can follow you? We can find out more about you. Uh, you get anything that we can get our hands on to. Consume? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys go to my website, it's just jeffjhunter.com. It's just literally Jeff, the letter J, hunter.com. Um, I definitely have plenty of tips on how you can build your personal brand. And also, of course, I'd love for you guys to come check out the Savage Marketer podcast. It's just savagemarketer.com. Yeah. And I can't wait, Nate. I got to have you on the Savage Marketer podcast because yeah, you absolutely. are I, savage. Uh, I can't wait either. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time and I uh, really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, even though you didn't want to, when it popped up on your calendar, you still showed up anyways. I'm like, like oh, that guy. <laughs> He's like, Who's this dude? <laughs> no, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Thank you. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. When I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this and we got three kids that's who i do it for i'm gonna be a leader i'm a leader Hey, babe.